0: On today's episode, we have Samantha Dench, a licensed esthetician, owner of Skin Deep, author and speaker. She goes beyond treating the skin to include internal health. She helps her clients simplify their skincare routines, find out what works for their skin, and teaches how to incorporate skincare into a busy lifestyle. We'll be talking about all sorts of skincare concerns today from maskne to acne to melasma to sunspots and we'll even talk a little bit about professional treatments and my favorite facial yoga. So this is a great one. Enjoy. Welcome to the Cat TV podcast your source for all things health, happiness, and beauty. Hi, Samantha. Thank you so much for being with us here today. Hi, Kat. Thanks for having me. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey into skincare? Yes.
1: So I'm a licensed esthetician. I've been licensed since 2003. And I started out working for medical spas, and I realized that wasn't exactly what I wanted to be doing. So then I ended up working for a day spa, which I loved. Um, And until I had my oldest in 2007, then I tried to go back to work, and it was really difficult. Um, The hours were long. Like, I'd work nights, weekends. It just wasn't ideal having a new baby. So I ended up quitting work, but then I missed it so much because I love giving facials. And I love helping women and making an impact in their skin. So after moving into, um, my ex-husband and I bought a house um, after my son was about two years old and built a little room in the basement so then I could work around his naps and bedtime. And then I was able to start helping women. But I wanted to set my business apart a little differently because at the time, there was a spa in every corner. So I just, I wanted to be different. And Around that time, I had started breaking out and suffering from adult acne for the first time in my life. Never had it as a teenager. I was always blessed with really good skin. So having access to the best treatments, the best products, doing everything I was taught, and for some reason, my skin was not clearing up. And every time I was pregnant, I have three kids. So every time I was pregnant, my skin was clear and everything was good. Um, And I, again, trying everything, doing everything I was taught. Couldn't figure out what was going on. So after my third baby, I struggled to lose the last like 10 pounds of baby weight. So I was exercising. I was training for a half marathon. I was doing boot camp classes. I was eating well. I was doing I was doing everything. And I'm like, why am I not able to lose the baby weight? And a friend of mine suggested, she's a dietitian, and she was like, why don't you try this two-week gut cleanse? It'll clean out all those inflammatory foods, give your gut a reset. She's like, you'll feel better, and I bet you'll drop the baby weight. And I thought, well, what do I have to lose? Nothing. So I did it, and yes, I did lose the baby weight. But at the same time, within less than two weeks, my skin cleared nice. So for the first time, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I don't have acne anymore." So then it was that whole, like, what you put in your body impacts the way your skin looks and feels. And so um, I started to shift my business, and you know, that's kind of where I've where I've gone.
0: Yeah, that's such a a very common story. I mean, not that people like lose weight, but that your hormones shift or your your diet is off, and. You start getting acne for the first time sometimes when you're older, yeah. so let's start with the inside out. How does gut health impact your skin?
1: Yeah, so obviously our gut is our pretty much our second brain. What we put into our body, you know, can either make our gut healthy or it can negatively impact. A lot of the foods in the American diet are very inflammatory and most Americans eat a very inflammatory diet full of processed foods, gluten, dairy, corn, soy. I mean, even eggs are becoming super inflammatory and a lot of people react to it. And it's not even a food like allergy. It's more of a sensitivity that just um, triggers your gut to have an inflammatory response. And so when there's inflammation in the body, it has to come out and our skin being a detox organ, That's where it shows up. And some people, it doesn't always show up in their skin. Some people can suffer from headaches, bloating. They can suffer from exhaustion. There's all kinds of like issues, even, you know, health problems that we don't even think are health problems could be manifested just from our poor gut health.
0: Yeah, I know like if you get tired after a meal or if you get too bloated, it's usually a sign something could be off here. Yes. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So are there any other signs that we might have that our gut is unhealthy?
1: Um, I mean, going into poop, <laughs> that's usually a big sign too. Most people either are constipated or they poop too much or they don't poop regularly or it's like hard and not soft. Um, you know, I know like you could do your research and there's poop experts out there, but that's usually a big indication of if your gut's healthy or not as well.
0: Mm, Yeah. So how does working out and sweating impact the skin? And what can we do after a workout if we cannot immediately shower?
1: (laughs) That's a good one. Um, Working out obviously is really good for our body. It it gets our circulation going. It gets our lymphatic system going. It helps with our heart. Um, And it actually, our skin being the largest organ and a detox organ, it It detoxes while we work out. So obviously, while we're sweating, all those toxins are coming out through our sweat. And I always suggest washing your face within 20 minutes after a workout because that sweat has toxins in it. And if it sits on your skin, it can clog it up. And it can cause those little white bumps. And I see that pretty commonly in a lot of women. They'll come in and they have they have little white bumps on their forehead. And that's just from not washing your face right away. Now, if you are somebody who goes to the gym, works out, and then runs your errands after, because I was that mom when my kids were super little. You know, when they're in preschool, it's like you only have that short window of time. So it's like you got to get your workout in and get to the grocery store and do what you can. Um, and then you end up showering like seven hours later. So I always suggest... Um, just kind of going in the bathroom and, you know, wetting a paper towel and just kind of blotting your face and just kind of wiping that sweat off. You know, it's better than nothing. I'd rather see you do it with just water versus one of those, um, cleansing cloths. Cause those have a lot of fragrance. They have a lot of irritating ingredients. They can strip the skin of oil and moisture and they can actually cause the skin to become dry. So I'd rather see you just kind of rinse it with water or even take like a, um, like a hydrating mist. And kind of spritz your face with that and just kind of again pat it dry just to get that, just to get that sweat off your face.
0: Well, a lot of people are also getting a new type of acne because of what's going on in the world. Yes. So what are your tips yes. and tricks to help us deal with maskne? Yes, maskne is a
1: <laughs> big problem, and I see so many clients now suffering from that. Um, first of all, the problem is, you know, we're not supposed to have constant heat and moisture on our skin because if we are prone to breaking out, that mask is just breeding bacteria. Um, so you want to make sure that you're cleansing and moisturizing morning and night, Now, if you are somebody that's suffering from maskne, I do not recommend getting an acne cleanser or toner because those are very stripping. Um, And somebody with dry skin, if you're using something with salicylic acid or benzoyl peroxide, you're going to further strip the skin. And then you're going to start creating dermatitis and more inflammation. So I have this facial oil that I love. It's bacteriostatic. So It doesn't kill all bacteria because our skin is like our gut. We have to have both good and bad bacteria on our skin. If we have too much bad bacteria, that's when we start to break out. So this oil, it controls the amount of good or bad bacteria, so that way you still have enough balance. But it's also like a little barrier on your skin. So you put it on, and then you put your face mask on, and it protects... Um, It keeps your skin hydrated, but also protects from that breeding of excess bacteria when you have to wear a face mask for long periods of time. Um, I do suggest if you're I don't actually suggest cloth masks because they can be really heavy on the skin. And a lot of women don't even realize that your laundry detergent could be irritating your skin. Because our laundry detergent isn't meant to go on our face; it's meant to be worn on our body. So, if you're washing with laundry detergent, you could actually be further aggravating your acne and your skin. Um, so, I recommend either a silk mask or a disposable mask, and you want to make sure that you're changing it frequently. Did that cover everything?
0: Yeah. So okay. let I have another question. Yeah. Okay. Well, go ahead. So- what are face masks doing to the skin? Is it the material trapping the sweat? Is that the only thing or is it also the rubbing?
1: It's both. Because I see clients that will come in and they've got like this little mark here. Almost, It's almost like dermatitis. It's just from that constant friction. So it does rub. It causes irritation and inflammation in the skin. Um, you know, another thing I see is, again, like just that heat and moisture, like your lips. Like I have been suffering from dry lips and I, I've tried so many different things and I can't, I can't get my lips to stop being so dry and like peeling, flaking, like they, they're cracking and bleeding. And what are we not supposed to do when our lips are dry? Lick it, which I'm not licking my lips, but that constant moisture is just, it's doing damage to our lips. So um, same thing with the skin. It's just heating up those pores. It's heating up the skin in that area and it's causing inflammation.
0: Mm, good point. Um, I haven't had dry lips from the mask, but I definitely in the beginning of the pandemic got really bad mask knee. Okay. And what what I did was I just got the silk mask. Like I just somehow knew because I thought, okay, you need silk pillowcase, so probably a silk mask. Hmm. And what I told my mom, who is a healthcare worker, is to put the silk mask under the other mask. That's a good idea. You know, like yeah. A, yeah. So. What are your first go-to natural solutions for treating acne?
1: The first thing, I mean, I, first of all, try and get clients to understand that it could be inflammatory foods that they're putting in their body because especially when they're teenagers, their diet is not the greatest. So I try and create that awareness. Um, And then second of all, I try and treat the skin the way I see it. So most times when you're breaking out, you're selecting acne products. And if you're using like a salicylic cleanser and a salicylic toner and then a salicylic um, acne treatment and then a salicylic moisturizer, it's like you're just piling all this salicylic on and it's like overkill for the skin. So it's too much. It's going to strip it of oil and moisture. And if you actually strip the skin of oil, your oil glands become overactive and you produce even more oil. But then at the same time, your skin's super dry because you're pulling all that moisture out. So then we have this, what we, I like to describe as dehydrated skin, where it's like you have this layer of oil that's underneath this layer of um, like super dry skin. It's almost like the skin is super rough. It's got this um, almost like an orange peel. Like it's got this texture to it where it's really hard. It's almost difficult to exfoliate. It's difficult to get products in. Um, because we've created this dehydration. So what I do is I like to balance the skin out by giving you something a little bit of a lighter cleanser, something that's going to balance your skin. Um, Usually I shy away from toners because they can be really stripping and really harsh on the skin. And then I treat the skin with peptides, which are basically a chain of amino acids. So it's like putting protein on the skin and you're nourishing your cells and teaching your cells how to correct itself. So I really like the peptides and I've had a lot of success with those.
0: So um, in the past, when I was younger, I had acne. But I also had extremely dry skin with acne. So do you think that was because of the harsh ingredients? Mm -hmm. Because even after, like, my acne went away, I still had really dry, dehydrated skin. Like, most of my life I've had dry, dehydrated skin. But I'll have acne or sometimes I won't have acne. Mm -hmm. So what kind of products? Yeah.
1: So I always recommend – I have like a gel-based cleanser that I always recommend to clients. The The one I like is it's pH balanced because a lot of cleansers will put your skin in a, an acidic state. And when your skin is too acidic, it can't accept the serums and the moisturizers. So then everything else you put on your skin, it's not going to be absorbed properly because your skin pH is off the off balance, just like our body. We have to have our body at a neutral pH, otherwise it's just not going to function correctly. So I like to start with a good pH balance cleanser because that's going to help normalize your skin. That's going to set the pH level up. So that way, every other step you do after that, then your skin is going to be able to absorb it and um, absorb the rest of the products and even hold that moisture and oil in.
0: So I have heard that you're, you're supposed to use a toner because it will balance the pH and then I've also heard that that's a complete myth, which is true.
1: Um, it depends on the product line. I actually have a couple different product lines that I carry in my treatment room. Um, one of them does not require a toner at all and the other ones do. So it just depends. Like if it doesn't require a toner, that means that that cleanser is pH balanced and then that's all you need. And then other lines, you know it slightly throws the pH into a more acidic state. And then the toner, the goal of the toner is to neutralize your skin. But this toner uses um, aloe vera and it uses magnolia bark extract instead of witch hazel and alcohols because those can dry out the skin and that's what causes the dryness. So it depends on the ingredients in the toner. I mean, even those rose water sprays, those are really good too because those are more hydrating.
0: Yes, I saw one that had glycerin and rose water and I thought that might be a good one to try. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So are there any other lifestyle changes that we can incorporate to help lessen the chances of us getting acne?
1: Yeah. I mean, I would just definitely start by, you know, thinking about what you're eating, you know, make sure you're eating grass-fed, grass-finished proteins. Um, you know you want to stay away. Carbs are not bad. It depends on the carb. You know, I always I don't recommend gluten because most people are sensitive to it and it's not the actual gluten because our ancestors ate gluten for hundreds of years. It's now the way they're treating the gluten. That's what's causing the inflammatory responses in our gut because they're they've genetically altered the wheat. They've, they've used chemicals to make it sprout faster, and that's what's causing a lot of the problems in our guts these days. Um, dairy, a lot of people will turn to dairies um, because more people are trying to avoid eating protein, so they turn to dairy. Again, dairy can be very inflammatory because our body just doesn't have those enzymes to properly digest the proteins in the dairy, and that's what causes inflammation in our body too. Um, soy is another big one. And it's again, it's more about the processing of the soy versus, you know, the actual soy itself. Because think back to like the Asian cultures, they eat a lot of soy, and they've always eaten a lot of soy. It's just, you know, now they highly process all this stuff. And that's what's causing a lot of damage to our bodies. So I always try and Suggest to my clients, you know, try and eat more whole foods, like try and eat more vegetables and fruits and try and find some grass fed, grass finished meats, you know, pasture raised chicken, um, you know, so that way you're not consuming the antibiotics and the toxins that the animals are eating as well.
0: Yeah. One thing that I have done is I have chickens. So I feed them really healthy things so that get really high in Mm omega-3s. And happy chickens definitely make way better eggs, more tasty and more beneficial. Yeah. And another thing about the wheat is I found out that they store it in like these huge silos and they're so covered in mold inside that they need hazmat suits to go in there and clean them between And yet they're feeding this to us. Right, right. And then we wonder why we're all sick. I know. And I have my friends from Europe. They come over here and they get like 25 pounds overweight after spending two weeks here. And they're like, what is wrong with this place?
1: I know. I know. I've had clients come move here, you know, within the last couple of years from other countries. And they're like, I've never had skin problems. And their skin is like freaking out. And like, it's our food. So their bodies just aren't used to it.
0: Yeah, the really sad thing is you just can't go to restaurants here because they'll use like the cheapest stuff, even the fanciest restaurant.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: So give us some anti-aging secrets. What do you recommend for anti-aging without having to go down the route for injections, laser, or aggressive peels? Right, yeah.
1: Um, I am a huge fan, going back to peptides, um, I'm going to kind of go a little sciencey here and kind of explain what a peptide is and why it's so important for our skin. So putting a peptide on our skin is like putting protein on our skin. A peptide is basically a chain of amino acids. And the way I like to describe this to clients or anybody that I describe peptides to is it's like playing the game of Scrabble. You know, when you first start out, it's just a bunch of random letters. And each amino acid by itself is just a random letter. And when you grab those seven letters and put it on your plate and find a word, that's taking those amino acids and formulating it into a peptide. Um, It could be two peptides. It could be like five to six peptides. It just, it doesn't matter every, you know, as long as there's two or more amino acids put together, it's considered a peptide. So then after we have that word, it makes sense to us. We put it on the board and it makes sense to all the other players. We can play off that word. That's like applying the peptide to our skin that peptide now has a signal. And so it signals our cells to read that, that message, and then the skin cells begin to self-correct. So I have peptides that can help like recharge our cells' battery. So as we age, you know, just like a battery slows down and doesn't produce as well, and then we need to recharge that battery, that's what the peptides do to our skin. It restores the energy to our cells so that way they can function properly because that's what shows signs of aging is as we age, our cell turnover slows down. Our cells ability to to allow toxins out and nutrients in slows down. And so that's why we start to see signs of aging into our, you know, beginning in our thirties. Um, so that signals the cells to have more energy so they can start fixing themselves. It also relaxes the facial muscles and it also helps. Um, there's some for acne and for um, like pigmentation and, calming the skin. So if somebody has a lot of redness, um, it can calm the skin as well. So I just feel like peptides are one of those, you know, um, they're great for all skin types. And even women who are pregnant or going through cancer or, you know, have like autoimmune diseases, those um, peptides are so natural and they're not going to irritate the skin like a retinol would, or even some vitamin Cs can irritate the skin depending on the sensitivity of that client. So that's why I tend to go towards... The peptide route.
0: So you mentioned for skin discolorations, for like uh, sunspots and stuff like that. What are some other things we can do other than peptides for sunspots or let's say melasma after pregnancy?
1: Um, I'll go into melasma in, in a second, but definitely you have to wear sunscreen every single day. Um, and now these newer formulations of sunscreen protect against UVA, UVB, and they're protecting against the blue light from our um, smartphones and computers because the blue light can actually cause inflammation and it can actually trigger hyperpigmentation in the skin as well. So you must be wearing sunscreen. And the problem with sunscreen is most women, or nobody really applies it properly. Most of us put it on at the beginning of the day. And then we think, well, we have it on, so we run our errands, or we go to work, we go here, we go there. We don't reapply it throughout the day. And we sh- really should be constantly applying our SPF every two hours. Even if we're just sitting in front of our computer all day at work, we still should be reapplying that, because that's what's going to protect against inflammation the most, because the, the UV rays and the blue light is what's damaging um, the cells in our skin. We have Everybody has melanin in their skin, and that's what gives our skin its unique pigment, and those melanin cells are called melanocytes, and those become damaged by inflammation in the body or inflammation from like environmental toxins, pollutions, or even the UV damage. And once they're too inflamed, that's when they become like basically swollen, and that's what shows um, the dark spots in our skin. Melasma is, we call it the mask of pregnancy because it usually comes out during pregnancy or, or throughout a hormonal shift. That actually. Um, is stress to our liver, and that can shift our hormones because our liver is both a gland and an organ. So if our liver is stressed, it will alter the way our hormones function, and then it can actually cause pigmentation problems in the skin. So melasma is a little bit trickier to treat because you can't always put stuff on the skin and clear it up. You have to really get to the root cause of the problem in order for the skin to start to calm down and even even the skin tone out.
0: And is melasma the same cause as like say like some people after pregnancy, they get dark uh, or really red spots like under their armpits and their groin area? That's the same thing?
1: Pretty much, yeah. Um, Friction can cause inflammation. So that's why like in different parts of the body, you can have hyperpigmentation as well. You know, If you're sweating or if there's an excess amount of bacteria when you're sweating, it could be like the way your system's detoxing. If those toxins are sitting there, it can stress the skin and cause inflammation.
0: And what do you think for using about using saunas to detox and then take a shower right after?
1: Those are good because they do they do help us sweat and sweating is good for us because we need to get those toxins out. But yes, as long as you shower after, then that's that's good. You just want to make sure all that sweat and those toxins are washed off your face and body.
0: Yeah, because I did hear for those of us, like what, 30% of women now have hormonal problems Mm -hmm. and a lot of them have estrogen dominance and when you sweat, it can sweat out, but if you don't wipe it off, it can go back in.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yes, for sure.
1: Yeah, they're good. I just don't recommend doing it like every day. I would do it a couple times a week.
0: So how can we simplify our skincare routine so we don't have 5,000 bottles and where should we start? (laughs)
1: So that's one thing I'm, I actually help my clients with, um, you know, nowadays you can go on social media and there's people selling like 17 products and telling you, oh, you need this and this and this and this really, it comes down to what are your skin goals and what is your skin needing during this time? Because everybody goes through hormonal shifts and seasonal changes and, you know, sometimes we're under more stress or less stress. So we need to look at the whole picture when figuring out what's going on with our skin. But again, I like to start with a balanced cleanser. And if you're really looking to simplify, I would recommend a pH balanced cleanser that doesn't require a toner. So that way you only have that one step. Um, Exfoliation, I only recommend that one to two times a week. There's no reason for our skin to have to be exfoliated one to two times a day. That's overkill. That's excess um, inflammation that actually causes micro tears in the skin and it causes our skin to become both. Um, dry and dehydrated, and it pulls all the oil out. So I only recommend doing it one to two times a week. Um, You should have a daily serum, one for, for morning and night. Again, whatever's going on with your skin, like if you're suffering from acne, I would look for a serum that targets the acne. If you have hyperpigmentation, I would look for a serum that has the ability to calm the skin, and I wouldn't recommend hydroquinone because it's really um, harmful for the skin. Now, um, I actually just bought a brand new serum that I'm testing out. It's got—I'm um, probably going to say it wrong call in it, um, which is a, from a plant, but it's—it's it's been studied over the last few years, and it's showing that it's as effective as hydroquinone, but because it's a plant, it actually. Is very um, calming and soothing for the skin, so it's a really it's going to be a good alternative that's going to be replacing hydroquinone over the next like couple of years. Um, and then same thing, if you're concerned with aging, you should find a serum that targets you know your wrinkles and even under eye a good under eye serum is good because you want to get rid of those wrinkles, you want to help depuff and get rid of the dark circles as well. And then the last step you need is a moisturizer. You need a good SPF for the day. And now they make tinted SPF moisturizers, so it's like you have it all in one. You don't even need makeup with some of these newer formulations because they have the full coverage, um, and they give your skin that nice glow so you don't feel like you have to wear makeup. And then you just need a non-SPF moisturizer for night. And
0: that's, like, really as simple as it could be. So I have a question on eye cream. My problem with eye cream is every time I get one, I'll put it on before bed and I wake up with like really puffy eyes. Okay. So I just stopped wearing eye cream because yeah. I don't want to have the the bags. Like it kind of like holds on to the moisture more. So what do you recommend to look for when you're looking for an eye cream?
1: So eye creams are really tricky because a lot of them have inflammatory ingredients in them. Like you're noticing you're getting more puffy by putting it on. Um, again… Peptides are like, that's like my go-to. I have a peptide eye cream that I absolutely love. It helps depuff the eyes, it helps with dark circles because it helps stimulate your circulation. Um, and it also helps kind of relax those muscles. So it helps with the crow's feet as well. And really, so when you apply your eye cream, most people don't apply it correctly either. You should always use your ring fingers because they're our weakest fingers. And you just need a pin-size amount on your finger. I dab it together. And then I literally, you always want to tap it and you just want to follow like the brow bone. You don't want to rub and you don't want to get it too close underneath because when we blink our eyes, we're actually moving the product up into the eye area. And so if we put it like right up to here, when we blink, it's going to move that product into our eye. So it could be, you know, that's why some, I have clients that are like, oh, I never use eye cream because it burns my eye. And it's all about just learning how to put it on properly. So as long as you're just tapping it, you never want to rub because that's going to cause more wrinkles and you don't want to pull on that delicate skin. You can even, if you pull too hard, you can even break blood vessels. And that's why some women have dark circles because they've rubbed their eyes so much that it's broken those capillaries. And because they're super, super tiny, it shows up as a dark as dark circles. Mm.
0: And what do you think, um, what kind of ingredients first do we look for specifically when we're looking for a sunscreen? Because you mentioned that they have these new ones that have like they block blue light and all the other rays. What are the ingredients?
1: I recommend staying away from chemicals because any chemical, your body absorbs that chemical and then it absorbs the UV rays and disperses it. I recommend a physical sunscreen like a zinc oxide or a titanium dioxide because when you put it on the skin, when the UV rays hit our skin, it acts like a mirror. It bounces the rays off and away from the body. Plus, it's a natural mineral. So if it does get in our skin, it's a natural mineral. Like our body knows what to do with zinc because it's a mineral that we can actually utilize. So it's just it's calming. It's soothing. If somebody has acne, I always put them in a zinc-based um, sunscreen. And it helps protect against UVA, UVB, and blue light as well. So it's just a good all-over um, – it's, it's a great ingredient. And it's come a long way since those days of, like, lifeguards having those white noses. So now they've been able to figure out how to um, create microparticles so that way they can break it down but also be able to formulate it so it spreads nicer than it used to. Because some years ago it used to be so thick and heavy – And people wouldn't wear it because they hated the way it felt on their skin. So now, you know, they've come a long way with newer technologies and the ability to break it down and to um, create these new, like, nanoparticles and micronized particles.
0: Does that have a question question? on, like, hypersensitive? Yes, that does. Good. So I have a question on hypersensitive skin, rosacea. You know those type of skin types. What can they do to help calm the inflammation?
1: Rosacea also comes from the gut, so that can be an inflammatory response of like certain trigger foods. That um, you know, if you're going through, if it's a food sensitivity more than a food allergy, but that's usually gut related. So. That's why sometimes you'll be putting all these rosacea-based products on your skin and the redness isn't going away. It's because you're just putting stuff on the surface. You're not getting to the root cause of the problem. Um, now, going to sensitized skin, some people naturally are sensitive by nature. And other people have created their skin to become sensitized. So when I mentioned earlier how we're exfoliating too much, like you'll, you'll buy products and it says, oh, use this scrub morning and night that's going to cause your skin to become sensitized because you're over the skin. You're over peeling it. You're over exfoliating it. Um, we have to think of our skin as since it's an organ, our organs know how to fix themselves and know how to repair themselves. And so really we need to treat our skin in a gentle way. We only need to give it what it needs so our skin can do its job for us. And so by over exfoliating or putting on chemical peels or chemicals or acids or all these like, Um, even those spiky roller things, those can all create sensitivity in our skin because we're creating this underlying damage. And the skin is kind of in this, what are you doing to me? So it's like freaking out and trying to fix itself while we continue to damage it. So that's why a lot of people have become sensitized to products. So to know if a product is sensitizing you, if it burns, if it stings, if it causes like instant redness, then you know that that product isn't working. Your skin's basically saying, I don't like this. Never put this on me again. (laughs) So if your skin ever has that kind of feeling, stop using that product. You know, it's time to switch for something a little bit more gentle.
0: So I make soaps and I deal with a lot of essential oils and things like that when I'm making it. And you're supposed to wear gloves, right? Mm -hmm. But of course – I'm like, um, it doesn't burn. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm just like a super person. So after like a couple times making them, then I realized that my hands started getting super red and inflamed. And then after a while, I became super hypersensitive to any sort of fragrance, essential oil, or anything so I had to completely like stop and now I'm like, okay, very diligent. I put on the yeah. the gloves and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you can like overnight shift if you just yeah. do something like that. Yeah. I had no idea. We,
1: have, we even have to think of us, even though essential oils are natural, it's still a fragrance. And some people are sensitive to certain oil essential oils. So even some of these products like I know now there's like newer clean beauty products that are basically all essential oils, but I've seen clients come in with super sensitized skin because of the oils too. So it makes sense why it's doing that to your hands.
0: No, even the new quote unquote clean fragrances, I yeah. cannot.
1: Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> a fragrance is a fragrance no matter what.
0: <laughs> I feel like I can probably uh, smell peppermint and maybe lavender and mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: A lot of – yeah, most essential oils are actually irritating for our, for the, the skin on our face. Our body, it's not as bad because the skin on our body is different than the skin on our
0: face. Yeah. So another thing I wanted to ask you about is I have been looking on TikTok and Instagram and I see a lot of these facial yoga gurus – so what are your thoughts on facial yoga to help tighten up your skin? I want to get your thoughts, because I have my own after, so.:
1: Yeah, no, I think it's a great concept, um, because we go to the gym and work our body muscles, but we don't work out our face muscles. And that's um, I actually have a machine that I do in my treatment room called microcurrent. I don't know if you've ever heard of microcurrent. Mm -hmm. So that's like, that's my specialty. And a microcurrent machine basically lifts and tightens your facial muscles. So it's like doing a gym workout. You know, I have clients that come in in the beginning, they come in for like eight to 12 weekly sessions because you got to get that muscle to start to tighten. Um, But it also stimulates your collagen. It also helps with lymphatic drainage, which a lot of us don't realize that we hold a lot of fluid in our face too. And so if we get rid of the fluid, then the machine can really start to affect the collagen stimulation and it can really start to rebuild that muscle too. So yes, facial yoga. I've had clients that do microcurrent treatments and then they do facial yoga in between and their results are phenomenal.
0: Yes. I wanted to talk about mine because I am just such a fan of facial yoga yeah. because I had no – like this part of the face, like the the cheekbones or mm-hmm. I guess the mid – mid cheeks whatever I didn't have this it was kind of sunken in like my whole life it was terrible even when I was young Mm -hmm. so I started doing this one move that like moves this and now it like feels like a hard muscle (laughs) and it looks like I have a cheek now and it's Mm -hmm. like so dramatic it's insane so I am just a big fan I do know that you can do it wrong and maybe get some TMJ or something like that Mm -hmm. but if you do it right it really does work
1: yeah, I would suggest doing it with somebody in the beginning, so that way you know the correct moves, and not just be like, "Oh, I'm going to try and do this to my face." Because yeah, I'm same thing with our weights. Like if you were to go to the gym and say, oh, I'm going to get my biceps real, real tone," and you start with twenty pound weights, you're going to tear that muscle. You're going to damage, you're going to damage the muscle. You're going to hurt yourself. So same thing with our face. You have to, you have to know. Our face has so many muscles in it, and they're all intertwined. So that way. Um, so you do have to know which muscles are, are which muscles you're targeting.
0: And tell us about your favorite professional treatments. Do you like microneedling, microdermabrasion, radiofrequency? What are your favorites for what and why and for who? Yeah,
1: um, I pretty much use LED to help with like acne and hyperpigmentation, um, and then a microcurrent is like my specialty. So. Those are the two that I really love. I personally am not a fan of microneedling because I feel like anytime you're poking holes in the skin, you're creating damage. Um, And I know there's studies done on that. And a lot of women have had success. I'm just, I'm a more holistic esthetician. So I truly believe in like, you know, giving the skin the tools it needs and being gentle with the skin to stimulate it, to fix itself. Um, And microdermabrasion, I did that for years and I... It was great, but at the same time, it's too much exfoliation. It's too much stimulation, and the vacuum and suction can actually damage our skin as well. So those are the two treatments that I really love and have had lots of success
0: with. What would you suggest for someone who has, let's say, like a raised scar? I would suggest
1: that they go see a dermatologist because dermatologists can – you know, sometimes it needs to be cut. Sometimes a laser can treat it. Sometimes they can freeze it off. Um, something that's more raised, I would definitely seek a physician for that and get their professional opinion.
0: And are there any supplements that you take yourself or you recommend for skin, either for acne or anti-aging? Yeah.
1: Um, I do like vitamin D, everybody should be on vitamin D because that's really what's going to boost our immune system more than vitamin C. I do take vitamin C as well, but like I've been doing ever since the pandemic, I've been doing a lot of research on how to keep my immune system healthy because I am working on clients in a treatment room and my clients take their mask off. So I've, I've always been a strong proponent of how do I keep myself healthy? Um, So I've been huge on vitamin D. I take that every single day. I never skip it. Um, I do my vitamin C, my B vitamins. Magnesium is another big one um, because our soil is so depleted and we don't get the right nutrients from the foods we eat. So we do need some supplements. Um, I do suggest seeking out like a naturopathic doctor or chiropractor or or a functional medicine doctor um, to really help give you some guidance if you do want to start taking vitamins Because a lot of times, like some vitamins, they don't always have the best quality in them. And so you're, you know, like a multivitamin, those really aren't the best to be taking because the quality of them is a little bit lower. So I would look for somebody who has some experience with supplements and can be able to kind of look at your body and say, okay, this is what I would suggest for you and kind of create like a little regimen for you as far as supplements go. Um, And then even taking collagen. You know, you want to make sure that it's like um, it's 100% pure collagen or like even a bone broth. Like I'll sit and drink bone broth to get my collagen in um, because collagen is good for our body. And as we age, once we hit the age of 25, our skin begins to lose 1% of collagen a year. Um, So by taking a supplement, I mean, I I have a lot of clients that will put it like a couple spoonfuls in their coffee and just drink it that way. That way they get their collagen in every day.
0: And one thing I I do want to mention, since you mentioned bone broth, is if you have histamine intolerance and you get a migraine after bone broth, it's probably that. And they have supplements that you can take so that you can lower your histamines.
1: Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because histamines are another hugely inflammatory food. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, histamines are I think they're in like any old food like if you have leftovers and you get a reaction, histamine problem. If yeah. you have um bone broth or fermented foods and you have a reaction, histamine problem. Yeah. So, yeah, and one of the signs could also be like really bad migraines after eating.
1: Mhm. Okay.
0: So, that's something I deal with. So, I okay. am I'm very much uh versed in that. Yes, yes.
1: I have a friend, she's in Australia. Um, and she she's this she's a huge proponent of histamine, um, avoiding histamine foods because she she had a huge attack because she was eating too many histamine releasing foods. So yeah.
0: yeah, it definitely happens and a lot of times it's the hardest thing because you're having kimchi, you're having right. these are healthy foods, kombucha. And yeah. you're just like, Why am I getting a migraine? Why do I feel terrible? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I you and I could probably sit and talk about that for another hour.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. So <laughs> let's see. Um, I want to know before you go, your personal skincare routine, what do you do? What do you – like give me like brands. Yeah. When you have it, like what order? Do you like switch days on certain products?
1: Yeah. So I use – I have two lines that I carry in my treatment room, um, Victoria Deanna and Nellie DeVoost. And those usually are sold through professionals. Um, I buy directly from the companies, so it's not like third-party sold everywhere. Um, because I'm licensed, I have access to more active ingredients um, and more... So like there's over-the-counter products, there's professional-grade products, and then there's like doctor-grade products, um, which are a lot stronger. So estheticians, under our license, we have access to like the more middle ground but our actives are higher. So we're able to treat the skin a little bit more effectively than something you would find over the counter. Um, So I cleanse my face with a balanced cleanser because I personally don't like toners. So I like, plus I'm a single mom, so I don't have a ton of time. (laughs) So I want to be as simple as possible. So yeah, I use a balanced cleanser. um, And then I have my peptide steps that I do. I have about I have about two to four that I use on a daily basis. Um, And it depends on the day. Sometimes I'll use more than others depending on time. And then I just follow it up, you know, in the morning I put on my tinted sunscreen. So that way I don't have to worry about foundation or moisturizer, you know, it's just one, one product. So it's basically like those three products every day. And then same thing at night, just cleanse my peptide routine and then a night moisturizer. Um, if I'm breaking out, I put my facial oil on. Usually I put my facial oil on under my mask because I wear a mask for a long period of time when I'm at work. Um, and then I exfoliate like one to two times a week and then I try and mask at least once a week. And that's that's about it.
0: <laughs> nice. So yeah, I do find that when I'm breaking out, if I moisturize, it kind of gets better faster than if I try to like zap it and dehydrate it and explode yep. it or something <laughs>
1: Yeah. Cuz then you're not feeding that fueling that oil production too. When you have enough moisture, I like to think of our skin as salad dressing. If we have if we have too much oil or not enough water, our skin like separates like like a salad dressing that sits in the store. And so if we have the right balance when we when we massage it in, our skin kind of blends nicely and has that oil moisture um
0: protection. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about your book. What is it called? Where can we get it? And what is it going to teach us?
1: Um, It's called Skin Deep, which is the name of my company. Um, You can find it on my website and on Amazon. And I wrote this back in, what, 2016? And I just wanted to help. Like, I just love helping women with their skin. You know, I always see women come in and they're struggling and they're searching and they've tried... So many different products and so many different treatments, and they're just frustrated. And so I just wanted to give women and even men a tool so you can understand your skin, how it functions, how it works, why what you're using might not be working for your skin. It talks about different ingredients, different treatments, and um, all these. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just all over, um, all-encompassing for the skin.
0: And how can everyone work with you?
1: So you can find me online. I do virtual consultations. I am in the Chicagoland area. So if you're not in Chicago, you can access me um, online. My website is skindeepil, as in Illinois.com. dot com. Um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. I just started a Facebook group for my clients. Um, and that is like Facebook group slash skindeepil. I'm doing a little more exclusive um promotions and just kind of doing some, I call it my insiders group, but I'm on Instagram. I'm trying to get more, um, more consistent with Instagram, but if you're in the Chicagoland area, you can definitely book a treatment with me. I have the ability to do that. Um, you can book on my website. I also have an online store so you can purchase products from me. Um, and also like you can, um, schedule an online consultation with me as well.
0: And when someone schedules an online consultation, you can also send them products, professional products that you have access to.
1: Yes. But I like to talk to them first because it's hard for me to say – like for you. I can, it's hard for me to look at your skin and say, oh, this is the cleanser you're going to need. This is – you know, it's hard for me to do that. So I really need to kind of get to know what's going on with your skin, what you're using. Because um, sometimes you might be putting an ingredient on your skin – that's not working with your skin and it's causing acne or it's causing inflammation or it's, you know, it's just causing the skin to become dry and dehydrated. So I like to look at ingredients and what you're currently doing. Um, I like to look at, you know, your current routine. I like to get to know your lifestyle. Are you sleeping enough? Are you stressed? What kind of foods are you eating? Um, You know, all of that. And then we can come up with a plan for what products would be best because skincare is individual, everybody's skin needs something different. And so when like you're trying to shop and you say, oh, I have acne and you buy a whole acne line, that acne line doesn't necessarily fit everybody's skin needs. You may only need like one product from that entire acne line. So that's the nice thing about being an esthetician and having this experience. Like I can, I can customize everybody's skincare routine.
0: Mm. So is there anything that you want to leave our audience with? One tip for having better skin.
1: Yeah, I would say if you're struggling, if you've been trying all these products and you're still frustrated and don't, and you look in the mirror and you're like, I'm sick and tired of looking at acne or wrinkles or whatever, I would seek a professional, a licensed professional. Even if you just call them, you know, and schedule a consultation with them and sit down and talk to them, I will do that with clients. Like, I want to get to know, like, how can I help you? Because we really, truly want to help our clients. You know, dermatologists are great, but a lot of them are so busy. And they don't spend enough time with you. Whereas like if a client comes in to see me, they're with me for at least an hour. So I'm learning about their skin. I'm learning about their lifestyle. I'm learning about like everything that they're doing. And I'm even watching how their skin reacts during that facial. So a, a good licensed professional will, will literally like take you under her wing and, you know, and really help you with your skin because we truly want to see see you look good and feel good about your skin.
0: So, Samantha, thank you so much for being with us here today and teaching us so much about our skin. And I'm going to put all your social media links and everything in the show notes for everyone to check out. And thank you again. Yeah. Thank you, Kat. This was fun. Thank you for listening to the show. Please show your support for the podcast by leaving a five-star review. Learn more about the show and what I have to offer you at katkatb.com. Consider being a part of the new Patreon, where episodes are ad-free and you'll find extra bonus content. Send a voicemail question or email me. Check the show notes for more information. I had an episode a while back with Dr. Mona Fahoum of Feminescence, and we spoke about Feminescence, maca Harmony, and their maca products. And if you're a woman who's ever had hormonal imbalances, if you're trying to come off the birth control pill, or even if you're going through menopause. This is a natural way to help ease that transition and to help balance your hormones. There's nothing quite like it, so go to Feminescence.com, enter code CAT15, K-A-T-1-5, for 15% off any of their single pack products, and definitely go check out the episode. Just search for Mona Fahum on my podcast, and listen, you won't regret it. This podcast is for informational, merry and metaphysical purposes only. Statements and views are not medical advice. This podcast, including Kakatibi, disclaim any adverse effects by the use of information you may have heard. Opinions of guests are totally their own. This podcast does not endorse statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications, credibilities, or sanity. Individuals may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to on the podcast. If you think you have a medical problem, consult with a licensed medical physician, not just the spirit of your ancestors while on ayahuasca.